Gregoria. And on that note, bonjour, hello, and happy Monday, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 16 of Pick Up the Blitz. Four months we've been with you guys. Super excited to be with all of you on this Monday morning. We've got a really exciting show coming up today. We're going to go and take our usual trip around the gridiron. We're going to talk about the contract everybody's heard of by now, as I like to call it, the albatross of all contracts in Patrick Mahomes' deal with the Chiefs. We're going to talk a little bit about Deshaun Jackson's remarks over this last week. We're also going to talk a little bit about some pending trade requests, like logical destinations that guys might go. Then we're going to dive into our new weekly trivia. Very excited to be debuting that. We actually debuted this on our last Finns Fan for Friday, sort of more impromptu. The boys have now been really studying, and so we're very excited to be bringing that to you guys on our Pick Up the Blitz podcast, our regular podcast, and then, of course, our wild card question of the day. But without any further ado, let's take our trip around the gridiron. Now, as everybody knows, Patrick Mahomes signed a 10-year, $500-plus million extension with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, to put this in perspective, this is the largest contract in North American sports history. Mahomes stands to make $137,000 and change every single day. Kind of ridiculous. Um, Boys, let's just start here. Obviously, you know, Mahomes has shown that he is easily the the most high value literally now asset to his team and probably to any team in the NFL. So before we get into some of the questions we had talked about a little bit in the pre-show, do we think Mahomes is worth a contract this big? Now, obviously, the market is set by not only the play of the quarterback, but how much he would be paid by any team. But when we break it down, when we talk about things like you take one money from one player and you have to pay another, of course, the NFL being a hard cap league. Do we think that this contract was worthy of Mahomes? And do we think Mahomes is worthy of this contract? That's a really hard question to answer. Um, because, you know, I when I look at contracts like this and when you, cons- when you kind of expand this across sports, um, what ends up happening is players sign these huge deals and then they're constantly measured up to that deal. And and will there will he ever be able to prove that he's worth that? It's really it's really hard to kind of answer that question. I mean, what I will say is that um, Mahomes in his couple of years in the league has done things that we haven't seen before. Um, with not only his ability to throw the football, but his his you know throwing it behind the back and backwards and all those other things, but his just his ability to kind of score at will is is incredible. Um, this, it's an amazing deal. I'm happy for him, but I'm just I worry that if I worry that he's never going to live up to the expectations that come with a 500 million dollar plus deal, and that and that's unfortunate because that that he's always going to be compared to his deal. You know what I'm? Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, and I, Nick, I don't mean to be contrary, but like when when Trevor asked that question, my immediate reaction is like absolutely. <laughs> like I don't think there's a question. And it and it's it's not that the points you brought up were were I think bad points. I I, I totally agree with you. I mean, you the first uh, deal that came to mind to me when you talked about living up to a deal being, um, you know, from South Florida and Dolphins fan is the Nadamikan Sue deal. Nadamikan Sue was a fantastic player when he played for Miami, one of the best defensive players in the entire NFL. But just because of the size of the deal, everyone was always saying, oh, it just wasn't worth it because a defensive tackle, unless you're Aaron Donald. I don't think it'd ever be worth the kind of money that, that Sue got, especially when the cap is where it's at. But when we're talking about Mahomes, from what we've seen from him, he's unlike any quarterback that has ever stepped on a football field, right? And beyond that, what it comes down to super simply for me 
is that in order to keep Mahomes on the team, they had to pay him this deal. Mahomes was not accepting anything less than this deal, nor should he have, because he's earned that money. And so because of that, when the alternative is no Mahomes or Mahomes with this deal, it just there's no question. You keep what looks to be one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever step on a football field. So, so no I, questions asked. I I agree with you. So I don't want it to come off what I'm saying as a as he doesn't deserve it because I think if there's one player in the NFL that deserves this kind of a deal, it's Patrick Mahomes, hundred percent. I'm just you know I'm worried that five years down the road, if he hasn't won a second Super Bowl, is he going to be unfairly compared? Like if he if he go if he pulls a Dan Marino for the rest of his career and doesn't win a Super Bowl, right? He wins that one and that's it, which I think is highly unlikely. He's going to be unfairly fairly compared to that contract deal which is is it's not right for him as a player I think I think that it's good I think I think it's a brilliant move by the Chiefs to lock him up for what seems like an eternity um I think that for Mahomes it's fantastic and again he's probably the one player in the NFL that deserves this kind of a deal but it's just I I worry for him later right now celebrate it totally worth it but down the road I just I'm not sure if if it's going to be a fair thing to judge him by his contract and that's all I'm saying I want to ask the two of you a question without looking do you guys know how much Tom Brady has made over his NFL career the entirety of his NFL career do you guys know is this one of your trivia questions around do I have to buzz in Nick (laughs) nope um nope (laughs) I have no idea are we, we're talking not including endorsements, obviously. You're just talking nope, contract numbers? No, we're talking numbers? just career earnings from his two, career. Exactly. 250, two, 250 million. I was going to say three. Okay. I was going to say 325, but... Okay, so it's $230 million. Wow, okay. Now, there's a lot to unpack with that number, so I don't want to get into the weeds. Obviously, it's a different time. There's different comparables. It's just different. However, Tom Brady has won six Super Bowls, right? Do I have that right? Six Super Bowls, Okay. When we're looking at Patrick Mahomes' deal, one of the things that we're thinking is, of course, that he'd be paid that by 18 because that's what the market demands. But when we're talking about a player's worth, a big part of that conversation, apart from the revenue they bring to that team, which matters, is how much they're going to win. A lot of what I've been reading is that Patrick Mahomes has to, in some way, live up to the greatest quarterback of, I hate to call it yesteryear because he's still playing another season, and the cliff hasn't really come yet, but has to live up somehow, some way to Tom Brady, who made has made less than half the money, and who a lot of people say, because of that fact, has been able to win so many Super Bowls, because you can play quality talent to play alongside him. I'm curious, and this is a very abstract and difficult question as my hood falls off my head, just, just sort of off the cuff, it's just happened, we have a lot of years to go before this contract is up. What does Patrick Mahomes have to do, just in your own personal opinion? Not to say he's worth the contract because that's debatable and complicated and he's going to bring revenue to Kansas City and to the team and to the league. Like, it makes sense. I'm not saying it doesn't. But as a player, in terms of accomplishments, what are you looking for to see him justify that half a billion dollar contract? Just off the top of your head. To, to that, my immediate reaction, because you brought up Brady is that despite the fact that the comparisons are made, and they will always be made, it's still not fair. I mean, Tom Brady, of course, at this point, the greatest quarterback of all time, had the perfect situation in that he ended up landing with a, with a, with a head coach who he was a perfect pair with. And the two of them created this culture, and they were in a division where the other three teams were always mediocre. 
say for a year or two here or there. Um, and it was really just, it was, it was perfect. It was a perfect serendipitous situation where they were in a position to make a 20 year dynasty. And so for Mahomes, I don't think you now need to say, despite what, what Brady made for him to live up to his contract, he needs to do what Tom Brady did. Cause in all honesty, the likelihood of a quarterback and a team falling into that kind of situation ever again is absolutely minuscule. It'll probably never happen again. And so in my opinion, what Mahomes has to do to live up to a contract like that um, is to do what he's been doing, to keep being the quarterback who is constantly able to be the reason that his team wins. And so if the Chiefs are competitive every single year and he wins another championship or a couple, I, I, I think it's unfair to put a number on it. I'm, I'm thinking he's going to win at least one or two more. Um, then, then he'll have lived up to the reason they gave him that contract. They gave him that contract because it essentially means that they will be at the very top of the AFC for the length of that contract for the next 10 years. And if he does that, then he's lived up to it, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm finding it hard to provide an answer for this question as well. This is because it's tricky because he, he's going to be making half a billion dollars over the 10 year run. And he, like, I think that that has to come with the expectations of a few Super Bowl wins. Right, it just has to. If you if you go ten years for for five hundred million dollars and you don't bring in a second Super Bowl, I think I think that's an issue. Um, and and it makes me wonder. Like as we're talking about this, as we're um, you know, kind of comparing them to other quarterbacks, it makes me wonder. Did did the Chiefs is is there a mistake somewhere hidden in there? Now again, I don't think that there is. Um, but I wonder if there is because we've seen a lot of quarterbacks who in their second or third year have won Super Bowls and have kind of fallen off, not necessarily fallen off, right, but have not returned to that, uh, that the promised land, really, have not really gotten that Super Bowl, right? The two that come to mind immediately are Russell Wilson and Ben Roethlisberger, who both won Super Bowls in their first couple of years and really haven't gone back yet. Now, would you, and, and you know, you brought up this idea of, uh, it, Mahomes being the guy who wins them football games. We've talked about it at length. Russell Wilson is the guy who wins football games for the Seattle Seahawks, and yet he wasn't valued at that five hundred million dollars. So it just it just makes me wonder if it was too soon to to give this much money to a guy because because there is so much unknown with with football um, in ways that we don't see with other sports. And again, I, I want to be very clear to everyone who's listening. I think that he deserves it. I really do. I think he's the the he's going to be the face of this or this league for the next ten years, um, except, unless Tua Tagovailoa does something amazing. Um, but he's more than likely going to be when when Tua does sorry, something my amazing. apologies. Uh, so, but it just you know, I just there are so many questions that as we're talking about it more and more and diving deeper into it, I, I kind of am asking myself like, was it really worth it at this moment? Um, and I guess I don't I don't really know the answer to that question. I also think it's it's interesting like we talk about these huge. Albatross, some might call them, level contracts, you might call and them. we see I might call them, and we see across sports um, in a lot of instances a pretty precipitous fall off, at least in that next year once these guys get paid. And I'm not saying that's happening here, but we see it often across the four North American sports that guys get paid big money, and because then I mean the psychology here, obviously, at least my armchair psychology is that they get paid and then all of a sudden, well, they've made their money and so they can take a step back. The thing that most though concerns me about this Chiefs team going forward is, I mean, they're going to, we know full well, they're going to restructure and restructure and restructure so that they can bring guys in to help Mahomes win. But we're still talking about a tremendous cap hit year over year, which means, as Max Kellerman on ESPN would say, 
you have to rob Peter to pay Paul or whatever it is, something like that. So it means you're paying somebody a little bit less. And that takes opportunity away from the team because holistically looking at it, you don't have as much talent. And Mahomes has to make up for that now. I think we'll all agree that if there's anybody who can do that, it's going to be him. But as we look sort of to the landscape of the league, let's talk about if there are any other names. Let's throw a couple names out and see who we might give a similar contract to at their current age. What do we, is there any name that sort of strikes you as, wow, I'm looking at this guy and in this particular scenario, I might pay him the same amount of money, or is this just head and shoulders above anybody else in the league? So Nick said it before, the name that, that first comes to mind for me, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's 31 now. So on his next contract, when this one expires, I'm not exactly sure what the terms are in terms of when his next one expires, but it'll be too late, in my opinion, to give him 10 years, $500 million. Um, would I pay Russell Wilson, if I had to do so to keep him, if he was going to go somewhere else otherwise, would I pay him the same per year salary over the next maybe couple of years? Or if he was 27, would I do exactly the Mahomes deal? It's the only other quarterback where I'd even consider it. The only other one. Because it's the only other quarterback, in my opinion, who at his current age... Um, for a you know a long-standing contract, you can give him another five, six, seven years while he'll still be at his peak. Um, that that wills his team to win games, and that is the like the reason you know at his current age. There are a couple other guys that I that have come close to me, and, and Nick, I'm curious to see if if any of them. When we're talking to Sean Watson, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, a couple other young guys, would you give it to anyone else? Because I'm I'm having a hard time. Uh, the answer, short and sweetly, no. Um, so I, I have a qu- before I give my answer on, on that question, Justin. I have a question for you, and I guess Trevor as well. If if this was, you know, what seven years ago, right after Russell Wilson had won his first Super Bowl when they demolished the Broncos, I don't it was that twenty twelve, I think it was something like that. Um, would you have given him a deal like this? No, but because the market didn't demand it, then not yeah, because exactly. he wasn't worth the most money. Like, that's, but would you? That's would, so would you have given him Brady the question. highest? contract that a quarterback had received up until this point so i mean at well at that time at, at that time russell wilson was what in his second year and he like the reason the chiefs just won a super bowl is because of mahomes and his offense it was because that's mahomes the, that's is the magical exactly. in 2012 exactly. the seahawks won that super bowl not that russell wilson didn't do a great job that year but it was yes. because they had the legion of boom and marshawn lynch running everyone over I think more so than necessarily Russell Wilson. So I think it was a different type of scenario where here, like at this point in his career, Mahomes is already the reason. Whereas Russell Wilson has become that guy as that defense sort of slowly, eventually fell apart. So no, the answer is no. Because I because not, I not wouldn't have. Time. I wouldn't have either. I'm just right, I'm just not asking. at that time. Um, so to go back to the to the initial question, um, wait, can I ask you a question? Just just sort of a half wild card question, just for the fun of it. It's totally irrelevant, but it's interesting to me at least. If Cam had won that Super Bowl, would you have paid him a contract like this? No, no, no? because I because he just you know you, you talk watch, about Cam. Once you watch him play. You watch Mahomes play. Cam Newton puts himself in position to get hurt far too often, and Mahomes doesn't, yeah, and that, that's okay. just too big of a risk for me. I wouldn't do it just on that talent, maybe, but on the fact that he can get hurt at any second. And obviously, Mahomes can too, but Newton's you know, giving himself a better percentage for that. Um, so going to your, uh, to your the question about is there anybody else in the league, I think the only name that could potentially 
be that guy is Lamar Jackson. But for the same reasons that I wouldn't have given it to Cam, I don't know if I would give it to Jackson because he's, you know, eventually the way he runs, he's going to get hit hard. And it's, it's going to be a big one. And we don't know what kind of damage that's going to do to him. Um, if he can duplicate an MVP type season, if he can win a Super Bowl, you could consider it and he will demand it. Uh, but that's the only name that I can really think of, you know, by going through all the quarterbacks, because it's got to be a quarterback. It's the only name that I would even consider it to, but it'd have to be down the road a little bit before I would pull the trigger on that. Because Prescott, Prescott hasn't done enough in the postseason to warrant that kind of a, a contract. Uh, Deshaun Watson, as great as he is, say, basically the same reasoning behind it. And, I mean... Josh Allen and 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 uh, some of these other young guys were coming up. They're just not. They haven't done enough yet. Mahomes is the only guy in the NFL that's worthy of this contract. I agree with you on Jackson for the exact same reason you said. And, and you know, if I were to distill it even simpler, if Mahomes were to suffer, I mean, when we're talking about injuries that happen to quarterbacks, it's usually either shoulder, which you know you can't you can't you know uh, protect against, or lower body, right? And if Mahomes were to suffer a, a real lower body injury, God forbid. I think he'd still maybe be the same quarterback. If Lamar Jackson were to, I think that might be it for not it for him as an NFL starting quarterback. I mean, we saw that he was a really good passer last year too, really good passer. But if you take away his his best asset, which is clearly his legs, um, and 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 something happens there, immediately the value of your player significantly decreases, and he's no longer worth a contract like he were to potentially sign like a Mahomes level deal. So, just to recap, we've got nobody even close to the stratosphere of Mahomes, which is actually interesting. When I look at this list of guys that we had, we had Wilson, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, and Lamar Jackson. It's all this sort of new age of quarterbacks. We've got guys who are very athletic, very mobile, game-changing kind of talents, which is so different than if you looked at this list 10 years ago. Um, It's just a different – the quarterback position has changed a lot. And so when we're talking about the fact that Lamar Jackson, who even a year ago they were making quips about him being more of a running back than a quarterback, that that's like the next guy up, just goes to show that the league has changed a lot and it makes it a lot more exciting for us to watch, certainly. So congrats to Patrick Mahomes. The Pick Up the Litz Foundation is currently accepting donations, if he's interested in that. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, super awesome to see that and obviously uh, sets, this t- sets this, the stage and the tone for sort of the next crop of contracts in the NFL. We also saw this week some not as good uh, news, of course. Deshaun Jackson, uh, Eagles wide receiver, made what were characterized as anti-Semitic remarks on Instagram. What were anti-Semitic remarks on Instagram? This um, this is not really a debatable topic. Um, as as a Jewish person, um, and as you know, Justin is also Jewish. It's it's certainly complicated to see these issues come up in sports. We try our best to to stay very much in our lane in terms of talking strictly what happens on the field. But, you know, we feel like it's important to acknowledge um, when things are happening in the world socially that affect also that play on the field. And to that end, the Eagles had announced that they had taken steps to um, not only mitigate this behavior in the future, but to discipline Deshaun Jackson and to to sort of facilitate um, his education in this particular instance. Gentlemen, I think that, you know, just to sort of acknowledge this and move forward, you know, we talk a lot about how football players, athletes, celebrities are very comfortable to say all sorts of things on the internet. And the internet and social media gives this type of individual with so much influence a very, very public 
and very far-reaching stage. And, you know, opinions aside, obviously this was the wrong one, it behooves all of these types of people who have this influence to be really careful with what they say and to be even more careful with how they take that education internally, with how they then, you know, portray that to lots of people, especially younger people. Um, it's, it's a much more poignant and much more visible responsibility. And so I think that, I think that the action that's been taken here has been, has been really positive. I, I want to open it up to the two of you guys. I, I, I think that it's something, obviously, if we want to talk about it a little bit here, we certainly can. Um, if anybody has anything they want to add, I, you know, I, I do. Um, and I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. Um, you know, when it comes to, I understand that people have opinions out there, right? And obviously with everything going on in the world, there are a lot of opinions that are circulating around things like Black Lives Matter and um, and the conversations are really really mostly circulated around that organization at the current time being. But anti-Semitism is obviously something that continues to exist and it has grown um, in the last decade or so, the amount of anti-Semitic acts. Um, and I just think, I just, I really want, Society. When I say society, I mean everybody, I, I, whatever race, gender, uh, orientation, whatever. I want us all to get to a point where we can disavow Hitler, right? And I, I don't think that that's that far of a, a, a that absurd of a, a thing to desire. But I want us as a society to look at Nazi ideology and what happened with Nazi ideology as something that we can never in any way allowed to rise up, whether it's through anti-Semitic acts, through through neo-Nazi organizations, or through posting comments about, or, or that might have been attributed to, even if falsely, Adolf Hitler, right? You should have enough common sense. And, and I don't really want to attack Deshaun Jackson. He has shown a lot over the last couple of days of ha him trying to fix you know, his understanding of what, how the world works. And that's, that is something that is more important than anything else. Because if you're not willing to admit that you made a mistake and learn from the mistake, then we're just going to keep finding ourselves in the same position. But, you know, you need to look at if there's something that's racially charged, right? Whatever race you want to associate with, even if it's an incorrect association with race, if it's something that's attributed to Hitler, even if it's wrong, you shouldn't post it. Right. And I want to, I want society to get to a, a place where they can say, this was said by Adolf Hitler. It's talking, or maybe said by Adolf Hitler. It's talking about how a certain race is going to harm another race. Maybe we just shouldn't post that. And and, and everybody should kind of be on the same page with, yeah, we're not going to touch that one. We're going to move away from that one. Because Hitler said it, maybe said it, and it's about race. Like, I just want, I just want society to get to that point where we can universally disavow Nazi ideology. Especially this, the, the, the real hardened racist part of Nazi ideology. And the only thing that, that I that I really want to add to what Nick said there and, and what Trevor has said is that, you know, Trevor and I, having been to a school where Holocaust education is something that's, um, you know, very heavily discussed, and, and Nick, you teaching at a school where Holocaust education is something that's very heavily discussed, we're three people that have learned quite a bit about it. And, um... You know, I know all three of us have been to, to Poland um, and, and have seen some of those places. And so I think that being able to learn about that history, not only how it affected Jewish people, but how it affected all minorities who were in Europe at that time, um, and how it affected really everyone who lived there at that time, is extraordinarily important. 
to really understand what happened and to understand why it's so unbelievably um, appalling, really, to make any comparisons to it and to discuss it in any sort of, uh, in the way that it was discussed, in the way that it was posted about. Um, and so to see that after that happened, that after those posts were made, to see a player like Julian Edelman reach out and say, hey, let's educate ourselves. Let me help educate you. And then you can help educate me on the things that you're talking about and discussing. And to see Sean Jackson then go speak to a Holocaust survivor, a 94-year-old Holocaust survivor, and to begin educating himself so that he can understand why what he did was so such a poor act, such a bad decision. I think that's that's a really good thing to see. And so um, I'd say for anyone who maybe doesn't totally fully understand or feels like they need to learn more, it's good. It's a good thing to be able to go and to research and to educate yourself about the things that have happened in our history and why they were so important to be able to then move forward um, as someone who has a full understanding of what happened during that time period. And I just want to say, if any of our listeners ever want to have a conversation about it, I'm happy to have that conversation. I teach this stuff. I actively work with organizations to try and stop uh, anti-Semitism from rising up. Um, I've, like Justin said, I've experienced, I've been to these places. I've read a lot about it. I'm happy to be the one to have that conversation with if you want to, if you want to because the only way to stop this from happening anymore which again we need to we need to get to that point where nazis are bad right um education is the only way to do that so if you want if you want to talk about it hit me up on twitter or something i'm happy to do so the history teacher is happy to talk history all day absolutely all day and as we would colloquially say in 2020 quick shout out to that 94 uh year old holocaust survivor justin mentioned edward mossberg uh there was actually a they actually met him and Deshaun Jackson had a video meeting, um, which which is really really nice to see. So as as Nick articulated, steps are being taken, and of course, there are still so many more steps, so much more work to do. So um, on that note, let's sort of move back to football. Let's talk about some pending trade requests. More specifically, let's talk some logical destinations for a couple of guys. Um, we have a list of names here. We're going to talk about whether. We should keep these guys on the current team, trade them, or where they should be going. So I'm just going to read out a couple of names. I'm going to read out the name, obviously, the position, and the team they're on. I'm going to hand it over to Nick and Justin then to talk about where they might go or if they should stay where they are. So we're going to start with Raheem Mostert, uh, running back for the San Francisco 49ers. Justin, I'm going to take it to you first. Do we want him staying where he is or to another team, perhaps? What do we think? You know, so the, the 49ers already traded obviously Matt Burita to the Miami Dolphins and so that running back room is one guy shorter still a really strong running back room and veterans Tevin Coleman and and Mostert who used to be a special teams ace now showed himself to be a very capable running back very efficient running back in that Kyle Shanahan system and they have a couple guys over there as well of course Kyle Kyle Juszczyk that fullback also a big part of that offense Mostert fits so nicely in that system and so I'd love to see him stay I'm not really sure where exactly the trade request came from. We have a couple of guys on this list that are sort of all coming from different places. Mostert, I know, was mostly contractual. I think he was, for all accounts, happy in that 49ers team. They made it to a Super Bowl. It seemed like he was, uh, you know, uh, there were no issues locker room-wise. It seemed mostly contractual. Um, and so this is a thing where I'd say to the 49ers. I mean, I know they're strapped for cash in a lot of ways because they paid so much money to certain defensive players. But um, if you can keep a guy like that around and keep that running system going, Seems like a great uh, great move to do. One one name that immediately uh, I thought of when I thought where he might go was New England um, because that running game 
was not last year what they necessarily wanted it to be. It was it was inefficient, really, uh, to to be completely and totally frank. So uh, Sony Michelle has not been the guy they wanted him to be in large part because of injury. James White is more of a receiver than a running back, and Rex Burkhead's also always often injured. Um, and so I, that that seems like a logical destination to me if he were to move. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think I think it would be best for him to stay. Um and work out whatever, if it is contractually uh, driven, work out those issues with this team some way. And if you can't, then obviously you got to do what you got to do. But I, I think he would benefit from staying in the 49ers. If I had to pick a place for him to go, I'm going to go with a curveball and say Jacksonville because Jacksonville was wi- very willing to move on from letter Fournette. Um, and it looks as though, uh, you know, this is presenting them with an opportunity to do so. Cause if most can come in there and do what Fournette has done, they could trade Fournette, and then their headache, one of their headaches uh, is gone in a, in a team that is more than likely going to be rebuilding over the next couple of years. Okay. And on that note, I'm going to throw out a couple more names. As Justin would like to say, make this conversation a little bit more free-flowing. And interestingly, these are two names. There's two names here that are a little more difficult to pronounce, one specifically, and an easy one. So we have David Njoku. I know that name because of where he went. Shout out to the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, Tight end on now the Cleveland Browns. We have Jamal Adams, safety of the New York Jets. And we have, I think I'm going to get this right, Yannick Ngakwe, um, edge rusher on the Jaguars. So, gentlemen, let's talk about these three guys Let's just start. Let's let's just start here. Actually, is anybody? Do we like anybody staying where they are currently? I mean, for okay. Well, okay. So as a Dolphins fan, no. But if if there's one guy who clearly was playing well and who fit on the team he was in, and one team that could really keep someone around in terms of the fact that their defense sorely needs him in the secondary, it's the Jets and Jamal Adams. I mean that that was the fit was working. He's an all star. Um, now, as a Dolphins fan, I have a lot of familiarity, you know, having watched Adam Gase for three years, and the pattern, like, it, it's very, very eerily similar to what happened with Jarvis Landry. It's like, the fans love him, he's and a perfect fit. And all other players who have and talent. Exactly. He's, he's producing, he's a star, he's a little bit of a personality, but not in a bad way at all. He gets the team riled up, and now he wants out. Now he wants out, and apparently it's all contractual. But I don't buy it. I, I'm, I have a feeling he's not a fan of Adam Gase. There ain't Adam no, Gase con- yeah, there ain't no contract problems here. This is an Adam Gase problem. Exactly, and so unless something is very much smoothed over, I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone. Um, you know, the Cowboys have obviously been thrown at us a name where he might go. The Cowboys have been looking for that star safety for a little while. Um, I think the Seahawks also could make sense in the fact that they you know, started to really rebuild that secondary and that defense, and they're not afraid to wheel and deal um, their general manager over there. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Seahawks is another location for him as well. So I say no to if these guys, from a Jamal Adams perspective, get the hell out of New York as quickly as you can. From a Jets perspective, you keep him because he's obviously a stud player. But you also, if you're the Jets, you want to... God, it, it actually like, hurts my soul saying this. You want to do its best for your organization, and if moving Jamal Adams is going to get you a first and second round pick, you do it, right? But it, Jamal Adams is the only name on there that makes sense to stay. 
Although from his perspective, get the heck out of there because there, nothing is going to go well for you if you stay in New York. Um, it just it doesn't make sense to me. So you stay, but I think the other two, Njoku and Ngakwe, I think they both should get out of their situations. Ngakwe is actually similar to uh, Adams, where I think the situation in Jacksonville is just kind of a a bit of a mess. Um, and obviously they didn't want to pay you. I think you gotta you gotta move on and and. and get traded, figure out a way to get traded, go to a, a team that's going to, that's willing to pay an appropriate price for you. Who's, who's, he's a guy who, you know, has had eight, eight sacks, nine and a half sacks, 12 sacks over the course of his career. He's a good uh, pass rusher. And I would love to see him in Arizona. I think him going to the Cardinals would be awesome for a team that's really up and coming. Um, and Njoku as well. I think Njoku, he's another guy who they just paid, um, what's his name? Uh, Austin Hooper, uh, a kajillion dollars to, uh, as a tight end. Njoku doesn't have any purpose there, right? Go to a team where a tight end is, where you you can make plays. Go to a system where uh, tight ends have generally thrived and go oh, and no. take your talents to New England. Oh, no. Oh, man. I, I knew it was coming because I have the topic sheet open and I know who you put down, but I didn't even want to hear you say it. Yeah, and it New makes England sense. Does, it, it's, it's, it makes some sense. They did just draft a couple tight ends. So, I mean... It, it, it makes sense in that he'd fit in that system and they don't have a star there by any means. And Njoku has the exactly. talent to be that. Um, I, I agree. In terms of from his perspective, a guy who wants to go out and make big big dollars on, on, a, on a contract soon, he's just the opportunities are going to be limited with Hooper there and obviously OBJ and Landry, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. There's too much on there, that offense for him to be the There's no way he's getting a ball thrown his way. Like if, you, exactly. if he's out on the field with everybody else, he's, by, he's easily the sixth option. And, so right? for, and that's not going to happen. I, I like him in Green Bay, uh, a team that has neglected giving Aaron Rodgers the weapons he wants. And if maybe they are willing to make a move and, and send something over to Cleveland to get Njoku, I think that would be nice for them. They have Jay Sternberger there who hasn't done really a whole lot um, in the fact that he's super young and hasn't seen a lot of the field. So um, other than that, their their whole and they brought in they had Jimmy Graham for the last two years, right? And that right, didn't really work out well. So they got to exactly. yeah, I agree. I think that's a good. Good place. That, to I think go. that'd be a good spot for him. You should move to the other conference. You're not going to have to see him, um, and and I think that could work. In Gakwe, you're t- you hit the nail on the head. It's just it's a bit of a mess in Jacksonville for them to maybe get an extra high pick yeah, get so that. they can maybe move up and get their quarterback next year with Trevor Lawrence um, or or Justin Fields. I think they already have a couple of high picks still from that that Ramsey trade. There's still something left over there from that as well. So to add more on, so that's they can make sure they get their guy. I like him potentially in Atlanta. Uh, a team that has really wanted um, and, and been looking for their star pass rusher. They've had some guys who have been sort of there, sort of not in, you know, in Vic Beasley. They have Tack McKinley, who they're waiting for to, to get a boom out of. So um, if they're not super confident in that happening, maybe they shift, uh, ship something over to Jacksonville and bring in, uh, bring in Ngakwe. Boys, I'm smiling here because I'm really excited for the next segment that's happening right now. It is time. Trivia time. For Pick Up the Blitz Trivia. It's going to be a lot of fun. This was actually a lot of fun last week. Uh, It was was mostly fun for me because I knew we were doing trivia, and they didn't know we were doing trivia, they being Justin and Nick. I've got a lot of questions to pick from here. Some are far more obscure than others. Some I know are easy. And some are, like, really, really ridiculously hard. Repeat the rules again for the sake of... So, yeah. So, let's go through the rules. The rules are as follows. I'm going to try and get through it without Nick making any jokes on my behalf. You have to buzz in with your name. You have to use your name. You cannot buzz in with the other person's name. If you buzz in with the other person's name, they get half a point. If you buzz in 
you really want to be sure. Where did that come from? What is you this? Really, that yeah, wasn't this is, a rule last week. It was after this? after Nick made fun of me. It was a rule. You really want to be sure you're buzzing <laughs> in. Not that you're sure that you're saying your name, but sure that you know the answer. Because if you buzz in with the incorrect answer, you lose half a point. You can then double down for double or nothing if you want to buzz again. We will then count down three, two, one. You can buzz again if you would like to. If you buzz in again, you can get your point back and be at half a point, or you can be at negative one or whatever, minus one points. Is everybody clear on the rules? We have three questions. I think that sounded more complicated we, than it. Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea. So um, we are we keeping track of this? Are we keeping score like through the next couple of weeks? Oh, absolutely. It will be posted well, given on the fact, Given the, the fact that you won last break. week, let's go with let's start fresh this week. Oh, no, that's why. I, that's exactly why. Cause I think, but I think it's like 0. 0.5 to 0 because yeah. I guessed every time and I was wrong. Like oh, are three you're, you're out saying of keeping times. track of points, not just wins? Are we keeping track of wins? Tre- Tre- okay, Trevor is keep track of the grandmaster. You won last week. You're up one nothing. We'll be keeping track yes. of wins. Okay. Okay. Round one. Nick. <laughs> is everybody ready? We're ready to go. Round one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So okay. there's a lot of preamble to this question. question. Yeah, this, is, this, is, this question better be a killer question. Like. We're going we're gonna to try and keep questions also just for the sake of fairness in the last decade. I know that Justin's proficiency is certainly more ample in the last decade. I'm sure Nick's is as well, given that he's relatively young and spry. Keyword is relatively. Thank you. So first Thank question you. is, which coach was named the AP Coach of the Year for the 2014 NFL season. Justin. Wow, that was confident. Justin. Is that Bruce Arians? It was Bruce Arians. That is very impressive. That is one point for the younger, slightly paler version of myself. That's when he replaced Pagano, no? It Pagano, is yeah. when yeah. he replaced Chuck Pagano. Very good. Okay, Justin has one point. This is going to go very quickly if you guys keep getting the answers right away. Question number two. This is a little bit easier. We're going to be very difficult for the third question. So, Nick, get ready here. <laughs> I'm ready. What pick was RG3 in the 2012 NFL draft? Nick. Nick. He was second. He was the second overall pick. Very good. Did, all right. Ooh, all right. So this is bound to the last one, Justin. For all the marbles. Okay. All the marbles. Is everybody ready? It's a little bit more challenging. Question three. Who defeated the Chicago Bears by one single point in their opening game in the 2018 NFL season? Justin. Recognized. I was confident for a second, and then I remembered that was the 2019 season. Oh, man. That's the first thing that came to mind. I can't think of anyone else now, so I'm going to say Packers still. It was the Green Bay Packers. Oh, there we go. All right. That's what I was going to say. Damn it. And that is a win. but, But they also opened, I think, last season, right? That's why they do that every year. It was a difficult question, but it wasn't that difficult of a question. That is a win for Nudson. That is one game for Justin. Very exciting. Nick, I see the disappointment. 
in your face. I hope one you don't, to one. Don't carry that with you. But I will say that I think we knew all three of them. Although yes. I was, yeah. I was, I wasn't sure about the Bruce Arians one. That was, a, that wasn't a hundred percent confident on it. Well, nonetheless, you made that very entertaining for me. Doesn't and matter. Very I still quick, lost, unfortunately. Okay, we're now going to get into our wild card question of the day. This is an opportunity for our listeners to learn a little bit about the three guys hosting the podcast. I'm not really sure how to phrase this question, so I'm just going to sort of go out and say it. There are a lot of shows on television. Some you would expect to like more than others. I have, in the last few months, taken a very strong liking to the show Grey's Anatomy, which I did not expect to like, and I don't think, generally speaking, falls within my target demographic. Be that as it may, it is now one of my new favorite shows of all time. So, with that in mind, I would love to know from the two of you, which is a show, and I think I know Justin's answer, so... Oh, and you know my answer. I'm already ready. I would love to know, what is a show that you watched that you weren't necessarily expecting to like, or you didn't think maybe was for you necessarily, and you absolutely fell in love with? So, I'm, I'm very excited about, about this one, just because I, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. So, a couple of months ago now, my girlfriend and I were looking for... Um, a new show to watch. We uh, we had just um, which show, which show we had just been reeling for a new show to watch. We were scrolling through Netflix, and she pointed out Jane the Virgin, and I was like, "That's just not." I've never liked any sort of rom com type show. It's like I don't know if anyone knows um, what a telenovela is, but it's almost like a Spanish soap opera, and it's like an American spoof on that. I I've, I don't even think I've ever watched a soap opera before before this. And it he is, that, hands down, but... one of my favorite shows of all time. We're, like, halfway through the last season right now. Um, so if anyone knows what happens, don't you dare tweet it at me because I'll be very upset. There's, like, there's drama, there's suspense, I cry, I laugh for pretty much every single episode. And it's, like, it's amazingly self-aware at how hilariously um, soap opera-esque it is. The narrator's voice is 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 something to behold. So I'd, I'd look up a clip. Um, fantastic show. Okay, so I have two uh, that I would I would like to bring to the table. So uh, the first was actually recommended to me by a, a colleague of mine that I work with, um, and he, he told me to watch it, and I was like, that doesn't sound like anything I would like at all. Just not interested really in any way. Ended up watching and ended up loving it. It was uh, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, such a good show on on Netflix, absolutely insane. Um, and then the second is another show where like, I kept hearing about it and then my girlfriend and I just happened to, you know, one day during breakfast, we were like, let's watch something that's should be light. And we turned it on and now we've watched like eight seasons of it. The great British baking show. Not going to lie. Not going to oh lie. It's, it's okay. So this, house. the season that we're watching currently sucks, but, uh, there have been some seasons where we're like, how can people make cookies like that? Like that doesn't even look like a, like, how is that even possible? How can they do that in an hour? Is that Netflix is also? It takes me like 30 minutes to even find flour in the house, like let alone make make a extravagant cake with, you know, a castle on top of it. That's it Netflix is on Netflix. Also? Okay. It's one of those shows where like if it's something that you can watch that you don't have to think about, right. you don't have to like it, you you just you watch them make cake and then, and you then you watch them do it again or you watch them make bread and it looks like a lion and it's incredible and you're I like I can do that. When and I then you exactly can't find the salt. when exactly when I watch those shows, I'm convinced. I get up from my television like motivated, dedicated. I'm like, I can make this right now. I go open my I'm gonna call it a pantry, but it's one cupboard of stuff. And I go open my one cupboard. Not only do I have none of the requisite ingredients, I look at my two hands and I'm like, 
we can't do this together. It's just not happening today. So, yes. So I made but there, it was like the first, maybe the second week that we really, really were into the show. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna make a baguette, and I decided to make it. And the first, I made it. It was perfect. It was awesome, delicious. And I was like, a week later, I was like, I'm gonna do it again. And I can't tell you what I did wrong, but you know how like a baguette when 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 you see bread before it goes in the oven, it looks kind of like dough. Mine was like a soup. It looked as though everything that could have gone wrong, it looked like it looked like oatmeal was about to be put into the oven. And it was just, it's just, I don't, I don't know, man. It was like, I hit, I nailed it one week and I turned into, you know, uh, I didn't have any, anything in my brain. The like, full I don't manifestation, have now to talk about it. the full manifestation of Murphy's Law applied to Nick's baguette in the second exactly. week. Exactly. <laughs> and on that note, unless Justin has any more baking horror stories, we want to thank you so much for joining us for episode 16 of Pick Up the Blitz. We will be posting a few things on our Twitter for today. Um, I don't have the topic sheet in front of me. We'll be posting about the trade requests and what we talked about there. We'll also be posting the trivia results for this week's trivia round. Um, and that's it. So we thank you guys so, so much for spending just a little bit of your Monday morning with us. It's an absolute pleasure to be able to share just a little bit of that time with you. And we will see you this Friday for Finn's Fanfare Friday, as always. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers.